0: Hola, como estás? Muy bien, y tu? Chaqueta, <coughs> I took. Here's a Spanish. That's all I got, brother. That's all I got. Chaqueta is my favorite word in Spanish. It means jacket. It's, it's just a fun one. Donde esta chaqueta? What is that extra accent I added on there? I felt racist. Um What the fuck is going on, dude? What the F is going down? Um long time to talk. I skipped last week and then the last two weeks were podcasts from when I went to Texas. And yeah, here I am. Hello. I want to... Sorry, I'm sweating. You make me nervous. <laughs> um, um, so I just wanted to touch briefly on my Texas trip. Mainly, I wanted to talk about my flight experience because I actually flew first class. Yeah, it was baby's first, first, first class flight. Um, It was fucking awesome, dude. And I literally, as soon as I sat down, I was like, I'm I'm never not flying first class. Like, if I am going to travel somewhere and I can't afford first class, guess I'm not going. I guess I'm not fucking going because... Dude, especially if you're a big person like me, because that was my main thing with first class was, okay, let me back up, let me back up. My parents are cheap. I'm usually cheap. So I've really only ever flown like Spirit or Frontier, which if you don't know, they're famously, famously, that's a word, famously cheap. And hey, you pay for what you get. So it's not, it's not quality. When I went to Florida last summer, I flew by myself for the first time. And I I either got Frontier Spirit, I can't remember. Of course, didn't even think about first class for them. I actually was gonna do, because there's like the emergency rows and planes that has a little more leg room. And I was gonna do that. But then a bunch of pop-ups came up that were like, If you sit in this seat, like you have to be strong enough to open up the emergency exit. And I just got scared. (laughs) So I said no. And dude, just like, I just like, no leg room. I'm big, so I'm, I'm, I'm overflowing in my seat. If I had been any bigger, the seatbelt would not have fit me, which to me is fucking insane. And when I got back from Florida, my back hurt so fucking bad. And so I believe that if I went with a more quality airline like Delta or American Airlines, I'm sure their coach would be a step up from Frontier and Spirit. But I I didn't do the middle step. I just went, I just jumped straight to first class of American Airlines. So I decided to fly first because the flight to Florida is like, I think it was like an hour 30, hour 45. But the flight to Texas was like three hours, possibly more. I think it was like three, three and a half hours. So I was like, dude, my back is not going to be okay. So let's go first class. And bruh. I don't know if you've ever flown first class but let me let me tell you about my experience okay uh first of all so first class seats first which I always thought that was fucking weird I always thought it was weird that it was like why do the first class people go first and then everyone else files on and then it's like you awkwardly like are having to go past first class like I was always like why don't you just seat them last? That way, you know they don't have to see all the poor people. <laughs> um, but they seat you first, and then while they're seating everyone else, the flight attendant is coming around. Like when there's like gaps in the line, trying to get on the plane, they're coming around going, "Hey, do you want like a free flight drink?" Um, and also on my flight down there, I did not know this, but alcohol's free to first class. What was I thinking? And actually the flight down there I was getting really anxious because it was stressing me out how much the flight attendant was like coming up to me. Cause I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to be left alone. Don't make eye contact with me. But so, okay, so when I get on, oh, both flights, I was sat beside like some uh, like middle-aged white man. And so on the flight down there, it's like this kind of like, I would say like, Republican metrosexual cowboy type. (laughs) Uh, He had a hat and I would describe the hat as if a cowboy hat and a fedora had a baby, that would be what his hat looked like. And I can't explain it more than that. When I walk up, he has his hat on my seat, which is the window seat so I was just like, hey, and I like, put my bag up and he was like, oh, are you sitting here? And I was like, yeah. And then so he gets up and so I get in. And so he has this, I guess this hat is too nice to just like put with his bag up top. So he has this, this hat on him the whole three hours and 30 minutes. He has it. He either puts it on his knee or he puts it on like the middle thing between us. When he goes to the bathroom, he puts the hat on. Cowboys in their hats. I don't know. Um, but so he was getting alcohol and I just, I just, I don't know the rules. I don't know the rules. So I just kept saying no to everything, to everything that the, the flight attendant asked me. <laughs> there's a pre-flight drink. Once you get up in the sky, there's another drink. And then they come around with mixed nuts and then they come around for another drink. And then they give you a whole fucking meal if you want. And they also bring you a hot towel and I said no to everything and I was gonna say no to the hot towel because because literally I like when I saw her coming around I was like like because I I I get anxious when I do stuff I've never done before so I've never flown first class so I'm fucking anxious because I'm like I don't know the rules I don't know like what I'm supposed to do I don't know where I'm supposed to look I don't know what to do with a hot towel but then I saw people like you know rubbing it on their face and like rubbing their hands and stuff so I'm like okay so I get it first of all them bitches are hot, okay? They they microwaved the shit out of those bitches. And it hurt a little bit, but it was fine. And honestly, we should start making, like, hot towel breaks a thing throughout our daily lives. Because wiping my face down and hands down on that plane, like, it was so nice. It was so refreshing. And I just think, like, what if, like, after lunch... It was just, it was just socially acceptable to just someone bring some hot towels around. Just, just, you know, it was nice. Um, but so the guy beside me on the way down there, he, he was snatching them bitches up. He was, he was Jack and Coke the whole time. He was like itching on the edge of his seat when they were coming around with the meals, like trying to hear what all the options were. And then he got pissed. What did he get? He got like. A little bit angry when he found out that the only options left were vegetarian and you know of course the flight attendant's like oh my god i'm so sorry like i'm so sorry and she was he was like it's not your fault i'm just like dude shut the fuck up and again we don't talk the whole time He, j- the only time he talks to me is to say um are you gonna get anything or like are you gonna get food and i was like no <laughs> um but so when we're landing in dallas it's nighttime. And I don't know if I've never flown at night or like Dallas is so big or it's so fucking flat, but I was blown away by like once the clouds kind of cleared as we were getting, as we were coming down, like just all the lights and like, just the city at night, it was fucking gorgeous. And so I was taking many pictures because I'd never seen anything like that. And this man was just like getting some good ones. Yeah, I am. Shut the fuck up. Next time, you, you fucking get the window seat, bitch. Reserve that shit online. I was just like, huh? yeah. Um, and then, oh, they had, like, um, something where you could log in and they had, like, free movies. And so I ended up watching Spencer, the Kirsten Stewart movie, and it was really good. I didn't get to see the last 20 minutes on the flight, but it was really good. And yeah, and also, it's so fucking annoying that, like, right when the plan lands, pretty much, like, once it stops moving, bitches are hopping out of their seat to, like, stand like they have fucking scoliosis in the aisle when, like, they haven't even opened the doors yet. And then even after they open the doors, you're, like, frantic to fucking get out as if your bags are going to get to baggage claim any faster. They're not. Fucking annoying uh i get if you have like a connecting flight or something or if you don't have bags of baggage claim like fuck yeah get off but but in fact they should be like if you have a connecting flight you can go first but of course bitches will bitches don't care bitches if there's one thing i know about bitches is that bitches don't care but on my flight back, it was another middle-aged white man, and he was nice. And by nice, I mean he didn't talk to me. We both just read a book the whole time. But this time, I was gonna get a drink, and I got on too late. Apparently, for the pre-flight drink, which was sad. And then um, I got orange juice and vodka, and bitch, I was feeling it. I was feeling. I was reading my book like, hmm, I can't wait to get another one of these bitches. Um, but they never came back around and asked me what I fucking wanted. So, but so now I know. And now, you know, in case you didn't know, first class, alcohol's free. Let's go. And yeah, it was fucking great. And I loved it. I loved it. And like, I just had so much room and... Like, the the middle thing between me and the straight white men, like, was big enough that it, it didn't feel like I was, like, up on a stranger. It was just so fucking nice. Anyways, what else has been going on? Um, I, if you know me, which most people who watch this know me, um, I have been, since January, I have been getting a tattoo almost every week. Uh, and like a month ago it was very much like it was very much like a little bit overwhelming because I was like fuck so much money so many tattoos oh my god like am I going to run out of ideas and then now I'm at the point where I have I literally have three sessions left to to the end of May and to me it doesn't even count because one of them is for Aaron's birthday so I only have two sessions left and now I'm like fuck i don't want it to be over but also like for the two i'm definitely just gonna doing touch-ups for one but for the other one i'm like i don't know what to do for my last one <laughs> like i don't know what to do <sighs> but so yeah um and that's gonna be all my tattoos till the end of summer what am i gonna do and i feel like i'm friends with my tattoo artist and so it's like i'm not gonna see her I didn't see her for like two weeks recently. And when I saw it, it felt like I hadn't seen her in like two months. It was crazy. Um, but yeah. Oh, also a new porch cat just dropped. It's this little like black and white tuxedo cat. And I've, I've seen it a few times. But here recently, I've been catching it sleeping on my front porch on my like my love seat out there and it's so cute and one day it was coming up to my house when I pulled up and when I got out of the car usually it'll run didn't run I was kind of talking to it it like was meowing back to me it came all the way down to the porch it like flopped on its side on the porch like showing its belly and stuff and it let me get pretty close to it but then it got like kind of spooked and ran <sighs> It better watch out because I'll literally snatch that bitch up and I will take him to the Humane Society to have a better life if he doesn't watch out. He's about to fuck around and get a new family. He's about to fuck around and get neutered slash spayed and get chipped and get, I almost said radiation. Rabies shots, vaccines, and find himself a new family if he doesn't watch out. So yeah. Uh, The day that I'm putting this out, hopefully, (laughs) fingers crossed, is Tuesday, April 19th, 419. And you're like, what the, okay, so, what the the fuck is 419? Like, 420 is the actual holiday, you know what I mean? But 419's a little holiday you may not know about, because I didn't know about it either until my friend Jackson told me. And, uh, it's Bicycle Day! Happy Bicycle Day, everyone! Happy Bicycle Day to you and yours. Um, And Bicycle Day is about this, uh, sorry, this podcast is gonna be about Bicycle Day and the history behind Bicycle Day. (laughs) Just, just, just so y'all know. Um, and in short, It is the first day that LSD was tried for the first time. And so we're going to talk about the creator slash trier of LSD for the first time. And his name is Albert Hoffman. And he was this little, he's just like this little white dude. um, A Swiss chemist. And uh, not only was he the first person to quote, synthesize, ingest, and learn of the psychedelic effects of LSD or acid. He was also the first person to isolate, synthesize, and name the principal psychedelic mushroom compounds psilocybin and I don't know how to say the other one. S- Silicin? Silasin? I don't know. But anyways we're talking about we're talking about LSD. So this this little white man, Albert Hoffman He is, he works in like the pharmaceutical chemical department of Sandoz Laboratories in Switzerland, Switzerland, which is now, Sandoz Labs is now a subsidiary of Novartis, which is apparently one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world. Fuck big pharma! You know, anyways. So, Hoffman was studying, God... I wish I just like before I do these I should really look up how to how to pronounce things, you know? That would be nice for everyone involved. Ergot, ergo. I'm actually going to look up how to pronounce it right now. Ergot. 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 Is that right? Ergot or ergot? Ergot or ergot. You can't give me two options. Ergot or ergot. Okay. You choose. I'll say ergot. Ergot? First thing said ergot. I'll say ergot. I'm gonna say ergot. Okay, so he's studying ergot fungus, which grows, quote, parasitically on rye and to a lesser extent on other species of grain and on wild... Rasses. And I was literally like, so, so what, the, what the fuck is there? Got, And actually um Hoffman wrote a book called LSD, My Problem Child. And I get a lot of info from his book. I read like the whole first chapter and it was pretty good. But anyways, he's smart dude. I'll say that. He's smart dude. Even when I didn't like know what he was talking about, it was still easy to read, which... Says a lot, I think. But so, how did I say I was going to pronounce it? Ergot? Ergot. So, quick history on ergot. Ergot, uh, besides being used medicinally, it can also act as a poison. And it first appeared in the Middle Ages during outbreaks of mass poisonings, which killed like thousands of people at a time. Or maybe not killed, but like affected. Definitely killed some people. Definitely killed some people. Um, and it was called ergotism. Which is defined as, quote, a toxic condition produced by eating grain, grain products, or grasses infected with ergot fungus or by chronic excessive use of an ergot drug. Okay, so according to Hoffman's book, LSD, My Problem Child, he says, Until recent times, epidemic-like outbreaks of ergot poisoning have been recorded in most European countries, including certain areas of Russia. With progress in agriculture and since the realization in the 17th century that ergot containing bread was the cause, the frequency and extent of ergotism epidemics diminished considerably. The last great epidemic occurred in certain areas of southern Russia in the years 1926 to 27. So, uh, ergot starts being used medicinally around the end of the 1500s? Yeah, the 1500s, and it's mainly to... Jumpstart childbirth. Um, midwives have been using it for a long time, but in... Midwives have been using it for a long time, like, obviously since, like, the fucking 1500s. But in 1808 was the first time it was kind of entered into, like, academic medicine. It was published by American physician John Stearns in... Account of the putvis, again, don't know if I'm saying this right. Account of the putvis patierins, a remedy for quickening childbirth. But people stopped using it because they realized it was actually dangerous for a child, mainly because, like, they don't know the right dosage to use. And uh, they said an uncertainty of dosage could lead to high. Wait. If the dosage was too high. It would lead to uterine spasms so they just started to use it um after childbirth to stop like bleeding and hemorrhaging or whatever so anyways that's that fungus but so um hoffman starts is working with this fungus ergot and is extracting lysergic acid to quote purify and synthesize active constituents for use as pharmaceuticals and on on note i thought that cat was back on my porch but he wasn't on november 16th 1938 he made the 25th substance in a series of lysergic acid derivatives lysergic acid diethylamide again don't know if i'm saying it right Abbreviated to LSD-25 for laboratory usage. And this is a quote from his book. I planned the synthesis of this compound with the intention of obtaining a circulatory and respiratory stimulant, an analeptic, during the testing of LSD-25 in a pharmacological department of Sandoz, whose director at the time was Professor Ernst Rothlin. A strong effect on the universe was established. It amounted to some 70% of the activity of ergobacine ergobacin. The research report also noted in passing that the experimental animals became restless during the narcosis. The new substance, however, aroused no special interest in our pharmacologists and physicians. Testing was therefore discontinued. So, he stopped fucking with LSD-25 for, like, five years. But continued to work on the fungus. And then on April 16th, 1943, he decided to produce LSD-25 again with the idea of uh, giving a sample to the pharmacological department for further testing. And while he was synthesizing it, he absorbed a small amount of the LSD through his fingertips accidentally and started to feel some of the effects and just had to stop and, like, leave the lab. But so he described his feelings... In a report that he sent to his professor, saying, Last Friday, April 16th, 1943, I was forced to interrupt my work in the laboratory in the middle of the afternoon and proceed home, being affected by a remarkable restlessness, combined with a slight dizziness. At home, I lay down and sank into a not unpleasant, intoxicated-like condition, characterized by an extremely stimulated imagination. In a dreamlike state, with eyes closed, I found the daylight to be unpleasantly glaring, I perceived an uninterrupted stream of fantastic pictures, extraordinary shapes with intense kaleidoscopic play of colors. After some two hours, this condition faded away. So after this experience, he was like, that's kind of fucking crazy, dude. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a self-experiment on purpose. So, so like three days later, I can't do math so yeah like three days later on april 19th um he decided to do his experiment and so now according to the global drug survey um a first time dose of lsd is recommended to be between 100 to 200 micrograms which i don't even really know what a microgram is is the micrograms what is a microgram to a milligram Oh, a microgram is like 0.001 milligram. Okay, so what is 100 micrograms? 0.1 milligrams. So. Okay, I don't know why I'm looking this up. It doesn't mean anything to me. But anyways, the recommended dose is 100 to 200 micrograms, which apparently is 0.1 to 0.2 milligrams. And he didn't know that, obviously, because it hadn't, it's being invented right now, dude. But so he just like guessed on what a good dose was and he ended up doing 250 micrograms, which is 0.25 milligrams. Um, So at 4.20 PM, (laughs) uh, he took his dose with water, noting it was tasteless. At 5 PM, he wrote, beginning dizziness, feeling of anxiety, visual distortions, symptoms of paralysis, desire to laugh. And then he realized how strong the dose was. And he was like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta go for the fuck home right now. So, um, and he also said he noticed that the altered perceptions were of the same type as before, only much more intense. And he was struggling to speak intelligibly. <sighs> Been there, bro. Um, so he asked his lab assistant to escort him home. And so this was during World War II. And there was some kind of, uh wartime restrictions going on that prohibited the use of cars on public roads so he couldn't take a car home so his lab assistant drove him home on a bicycle (laughs) okay so uh so in his book he he goes through his first lsd trip and so i have taken sections out because it's very long but I've taken sections out to talk about his experience so on the way home my condition began to assume threatening forms everything in my field of vision wavered and was distorted as if seen in a curved mirror I also had the sensation of being unable to move from the spot so now they make it home and he says The dizziness and sensation of fainting became so strong at times that I could no longer hold myself erect and had to lie down on a sofa. My surroundings had now transformed themselves in more terrifying ways. Everything in the room spun around and the familiar objects and pieces of furniture assumed grotesque, threatening forms. They were in continuous motion, animated as if driven by an inner restlessness. So now he's convinced like, oh shit, I accidentally poisoned myself. Um, so I need to drink milk. So he asks his lab assistant to go ask the neighbor for milk. And then he wrote, the lady next door whom I scarcely recognized brought me milk. In the course of the evening, I drank more than two liters. She was no longer Mrs. R, but rather a malevolent insidious witch with a colored mask. <laughs> Even worse than these demonic transformations of the outer world were the alterations that I perceived in myself and in my inner being. Every exertion of my will, every attempt to put an end to the disintegration of the outer world and the dissolution of my ego seemed to be a wasted effort. A demon had invaded me, had taken possession of my body, mind, and soul. I jumped up and screamed, trying to free myself from him, but then sank down again and lay helpless on my sofa. The substance with which I had wanted to experiment had vanquished me. It was the demon that scornfully triumphed over my will. I was seized by the dreadful fear of going insane. I was taken to another world, another place, another time. My body seemed to be without sensation, lifeless, strange. Was I dying? Was this the transition? At times I believed myself to be outside my body, and then perceived clearly, as an outside observer, the complete tragedy of my situation. I had not even taken leave of my family. Would they ever understand that I had not experimented thoughtlessly, irresponsibly, but rather with the utmost caution, and that such a result was in no way foreseeable? My fear and despair intensified, not only because a young family should lose its father, but also because I was dreading leaving my chemical research work, which meant so much to me, unfinished in the midst of fruitful, promising development. Another reflection took shape, an idea full of bitter irony. If I was now forced to leave this world prematurely, it was because of this lysergic acid diethylamide and that I myself had brought forth into the world. So at this point, a doctor shows up because... yeah, he thinks he's like poisoned, and he thinks he's having a fucking breakdown. So the doctor shows up, checks his vitals, and he's completely normal. Like, heart's fine, breathing's fine. The doctor just noticed that his pupils are extremely dilated. Um, so the doctor was like, dude, just go lay in the bed, and I'll just like watch over you. So here's what he says after that. Slowly I came back from a weird, unfamiliar world to reassuring everyday reality. The horror softened and gave way to a feeling of good fortune and gratitude the more normal perceptions and thoughts returned, and I became more confident that the danger of insanity was conclusively past. Now, little by little, I could begin to enjoy the unprecedented colors and plays of shapes that pers- persisted behind my closed eyes. Kaleidoscopic, fantastic images surged in on me, alternating variegated opening and then closing themselves in circles and spirals, exploding in colored fountains, rearranging and hybridizing themselves in constant flux. It was particularly remarkable how every acoustic perception, such as the sound of a door handle or a passing automobile, became transformed into optical perceptions. Every sound generated a vividly changing image with its own consistent form and color. So then the more, his wife comes home because she was told he was having a breakdown. Um, she comes home and then he goes to bed. And then the next morning, this is what he writes. A sensation of well-being and renewed life flowed through me. Breakfast tasted delicious and gave me extraordinary pleasure. When I later walked out into the garden, in which the sun shone now after a spring rain, everything glistened and sparkled in a fresh light. The world was as if newly created. All my senses vibrated in a condition of highest sensitivity, which persisted for the entire day. This self-experiment showed that LSD-25 behaved as a psychoactive substance with extraordinary properties and potency. This was, to my knowledge, no other known substance that evoked such profound psychic effects in such extremely low doses that caused such dramatic changes in human consciousness and our experience of the inner and outer world. What seemed even more significant was that I could remember the experience of LSD inebriation in every detail. This could only mean that the conscious recording function was not interrupted, even in the climax of the LSD experience, despite the profound breakdown of the normal worldview. For the entire duration of the experiment i had even been aware of participating in an experiment but despite this recognition of my condition i could not with every exertion of my will shake off the lsd world everything was experienced as completely real and alarming completely real as alarming reality alarming because the picture of the other familiar everyday reality was still fully preserved in my memory for comparison Another surprising aspect of LSD was its ability to produce such a far-reaching, powerful state of inebriation without leaving a hangover. Quite the contrary, on the day after the LSD experiment, I felt myself to be, as already described, in excellent physical and mental condition. Um, so, even though he was freaking the fuck out, he ended up having a good trip. <laughs> but in a 2006 New York Times article, Hoffman said... LSD spoke to me. He came to me and said, you must find me. He told me, don't give me to the pharmacologist. He won't find anything. Uh, he said that he didn't believe that science and spiritualism should be mutually exclusive. And he said, when you study natural science and the miracles of creation, if you don't turn into a mystic, you are not a natural scientist. Um, so yeah, April 19th, LSD, well, LSD was created like five years before that. And technically the first time he did lsd was on april 16th but he purposefully took a good dose of lsd on april 19th had a little freak out reeled it in and had a good fucking trip but yeah it's called bicycle day because you know he got driven home on the bicycle and experienced first effects of lsd and uh It was actually, Bicycle Day was started in 1986. A professor in Illinois, he decided he was like a professor of psychology and they were studying like hallucinogens and I don't know, shit like that. But so he decided to celebrate Hoffman by doing a little party on April 19th. And he he called it Bicycle Day. And so I guess he started doing it every year and like told his friends, and colleagues about it and then it just kind of spread and now it's like kind of a little thing you know like people who are in that crowd they'll take acid to celebrate or take a different uh what is the word psychedelic Or some people celebrate sober, you know, watch, like, listen to psychedelic music or watch psychedelic movies, look at psychedelic art. Apparently, also, like, some museums and even concerts have been known to be put on to, like, celebrate Bicycle Day. So, you know, what I'm saying is it's a thing. And it's today. Hopefully when this comes out. But, so yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. And, um, he, oh, Hoffman wrote in his book quote, I had no inkling that the new substance would also come to be used beyond medical science, as an inebriant in the drug scene. Since my self-experiment had revealed LSD in its terrifying, demonic aspect, the last thing I could have expected was that this substance could ever find application as anything approaching a pleasure drug. And at a 2006 symposium held in, in honor of his 100th birthday, he is dead now, RIP, uh, he said, I think that in human evolution, I think that in human evolution, it has never been as necessary to have this substance LSD. It is just a tool to turn us into what we are supposed to be. Hell yeah. So I I respect, I think it would be cool. I mean, first things first. Like mental health shit needs to be available at all. Just straight up health shit needs to be available at all, but then also mental health shit. And then I think it would be cool if like, I don't know. The use of LSD or shrooms or I mean they have ketamine um like psychotherapy would be cool because I mean obviously I've dabbled but it was never like I don't think I ever did it right does that make sense like I never it's not like when I took anything it's not like I set an intention or was like I'm gonna journal or even paint it was like I'm just trying to get fucked up and like see pretty colors you know which I think a lot of people do but so yeah that's a uh, the history of bicycle day and I thought I would close out by talking about a few of my LSD trips what's the difference between LSD and acid because I feel like there is a difference there's not a difference Oh, LSD, lysergic acid diethylamide, acid. Okay, cool. It's the same thing. Got it. LSD's like the old thing. I guess I was thinking of like, um, what's it called? Uh, ecstasy and Molly aren't ecstasy and Molly different but the same. Molly is MDMA. Ecstasy and MDA are the same thing. Why was it on the DEA.gov? Okay, I guess it's the same thing. I guess I'm fucking stupid, so there's that. Anyways, um, so the first time I did acid, I ended up not doing acid for a really long time afterwards because... I didn't have a bad trip, but for some reason, like I just walked away being like, I don't really like that. Um I think in the beginning, like I can remember in the beginning, my friend, like, who was tripsitting me, uh, took me on the on the Blue Ridge Parkway. We were like driving around, it was a beautiful day, listening to music, and I just remember like I couldn't stop smiling and I couldn't stop laughing, and it's like I was crying, but, I, like, I wasn't trying to cry, you know? And then I think I just hit a point where it was, like, because acid lasts, like, 8 to 12 hours. I think I just hit a point where I was, like, okay, I'm, like, tired and I'm over this. Um, and I don't want to feel like this anymore. But then I was, like, oh, you still got, like, 4 to 5 hours to go. So after that, I did not do acid for a long time because I was, like, I don't, I don't like it. It's not my thing. I like shrooms um which that still holds up I think shrooms are my favorite but anyways so a few years after that I decided somehow because also I don't know if other people who had drug experiences had a similar thing but like I mean shroom, at least where I was at acid was not always available shrooms were not always available like you just take it when you can get it you know When you, like, find a connection. But so, somehow... We... Got back into it. We as in me and my roommates slash friends. And... I'm trying to remember... I feel like my first time doing it after that first time... If this was the first time doing it, that was kind of crazy. But so, I hate thanksgiving and christmas and one year i just decided especially thanksgiving i really hate thanksgiving just one year i was like i'm not i'm not going to thanksgiving this year and it was actually super fucking dramatic and my mom got so mad at me for saying i wasn't going to go to thanksgiving that year that she was like she just randomly was like i guess it wasn't random but she she just decided to say out loud I don't think you're a good person. She's like, so are you coming to Thanksgiving? And I was like, no, I don't think I am. She was like, I don't think you're a good person. And I was like, you made me, bitch. Like, what do you want me to say? Also, are you projecting? But, um, so sometimes when I tell the story, it's like, oh... I didn't go to Thanksgiving, and my mom called me a bad person. So then I just like stayed home by myself and did acid on Thanksgiving. But I was already planning on doing acid by myself on Thanksgiving, so it wasn't because of that. But that definitely added to like the 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 power behind doing the acid alone on Thanksgiving. But so for some reason, I for some reason I decided I'm gonna take one tab of acid, and I have no idea how many micrograms or milligrams those are. Um take one tab of acid, wait an hour and a half, and then take the second tab of acid. And also, past the first time, it was never like just acid. We would always... There was always... There was definitely weed. But then also there may there may be whippets. Or there may be alcohol. Um, but so, probably that trip there was both, but I just remember I guess it was like the come up from the second one and I just like I turned on Acid Rap by Chance the Rapper which like I know why he designed the album cover to look like that (laughs) and I lost the remote and I spent it felt like I was it felt like I was searching for the remote for like hours and I would be like oh my god I'm wasting so much time of my trip just fucking just going from like the kitchen to the living room back and forth because I keep forgetting what I'm doing looking for the fucking remote um and every time I look at the cat the cat's looking at me weird because like the cat can tell that I'm on something but like also when I look at the cat everything about the cat is moving and then I would look at my phone because I'm like I'm wasting my trip and I would look at my phone and it's been like two minutes and I'm like that's crazy so then it hit a point where I was doing that for so long that I was like I'm like stuck in fucking time right now (laughs) like I it was it was weird but um found the remote but so again I'm completely alone I'm chill I'm having a great time I'm playing my music I'm like dancing around smoking weed I'm doing whippets and this bitch um, who I used to work with, no longer worked with her, but it's like, it's like we, we did become friends, but like I suck. So I would kind of like ghost her a little bit, but, um, she happened to text me cause like everyone, like most people in town have gone home for Thanksgiving and shit. Like it's college town. She happens to text me while I'm on acid and she was like, Hey, Is there any chance, like, you have weed that I can buy off of you? Like, I don't... No one's here. My guy's gone home. Like, whatever. And so I was too fucked up to be able to text or, like, form sentences. So I called her. And I was just like, hey, like, I do have weed. But I am on acid. So you can come over and I'll give it to you. And she came in and... I could have swore she was there like 45 minutes or an hour. But when she left, she had been there for like five hours. (laughs) And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, Those were the main points. I feel like that was my first time back. That's crazy. But, um. Oh, man. Okay, literally. Oh, fuck. My phone is being used to record, but I remember from that trip, I, like, posted something on my Finsta. Oh, the cat's here. I posted something on my Finsta, like, it was, it was scary. Hold on, let me see if I can find it. Honey, please, please. Okay, so I just went on my Finsta, and I found the post I was talking about, and also Honey's here. Say hey, queen. Okay, so. All right. So this is from specifically that trip I was talking about. And this was actually during the time period where I was like, so much time was passing and I was like fucking spun around, like looking for the goddamn remote. But so here's what I typed. (laughs) I keep getting distracted and now I'm listening to acid rap chance, the rapper, that's all space. I'm tripping so hard. I keep forgetting what I'm doing and I keep thinking there's something in my peripheral, peripheral question mark. Jesus, I keep getting aware a lot. Listening to acid rap is crazy when you're on acid. Who wouldn't? It's space. I put a space when I get distracted for a long time. Space. I feel like the music is controlling everything right now. That sounds dumb and I realize that. Space. I want to post this to get it out of my way, but I don't want to post it because I realize that it's dumb and that I'm in acid. Space. But I also want to have like an open journal. I keep forgetting what I'm doing and then when I look down and see a pen and paper I think oh oh that's and then space I just realized I have to keep typing to keep them away okay that sounds crazy space do not be mistaken space I am having a good time it's crazy space love so yeah (laughs) sounds like I had a really good time sounds like I was having a similar time to homeboy uh but so yeah after that uh my roommate Allie and I we like did a little bit of acid together a few times um and I I really got convinced that every time I do acid like something kind of fucking crazy happens like I would say with that first one I would say I would say the co-worker I haven't talked to in a long time coming over and hanging out for five hours is kind of crazy Kind of crazy one time Allie and I were tripping and my friend Jackson was driving us around just like through the back roads. And all of a sudden there was just like a fucking bear. There was just a bear running down the road. It was crazy. Um, One time, Allie, Aaron and I did acid and like something fucking crazy was happening on a road like near my road. And so, so many fucking ambulances were going by. Like so many ambulances and police cars were going by we were standing outside and Jackson who was sober downloaded like a police scanner for the area and he so we, he was like listening to the police scanner and all these fucking ambushes are going by and we're like standing outside and it's just like so overwhelming and scary and then he like he like responded to the police scanner as if they could hear him but like in my acid brain he was talking to the police and i got so fucking scared um but also that's the famous um we always quote this so during the come up we had gone out like to the river by our apartment and we're like just laying in the grass and like it was like the sun was setting and shit and aaron i think aaron like collected moss for a jar or something but so when we came inside and we were listening to music I guess Erin was getting, like, too focused on the dirt under her nails. And so she just said to herself, but out loud in front of everyone, she was just like, don't focus on the dirt, focus on the music. And we quote that all the time because she was so serious. Don't focus on the dirt, focus on the music. Um, And, uh, oh, one time I talked about this to my friends in Texas. So I did answer I did acid at my aunt's farm and I got locked out of the guest cottage and had to stay in like the haunted ass fucking farmhouse um one time Allie and I did acid at my aunt's farm and we were actually sitting on the porch with a dab rig and these fucking rednecks pulled up and they were like hey can we ho? can we hunt gophers on your land I was like it's not my land bucko they just kept talking to us because you know like there's good old country folk and they just want to talk to their neighbors and it's like i'm not your neighbor i'm just house sitting and also i am on acid right now and i'm just i'm just like trying really hard to look normal <laughs> um and then also later that night and i talked about this in texas like we watched shutter island in the fucking haunted farmhouse and there was like bats or something in the attic and I literally thought there was, like, a fucking meth head up there. And, like, we were about to have to, like, fight for our lives. But no one said anything while it was happening. And we fully finished the movie. And we, like, fully cleaned up and, like, walked back to the guest cottage. And then we talked about it. (laughs) And, um. Oh, the fucking worst acid experience. And I don't know if I've talked about this on here or not. But if you know me, you know this fucking story. So, Allie and I did acid at our apartment. And Allie had a dog. Allie had a dog named Boone. And he had been trained, like, there was a bell on the door. And he had been trained that when he wanted to go to the bathroom, he he would slap the bell. And we would let him go outside. So the cat, Punk, who Aaron has now. Punk loves going outside. Punk loves going outside. So... He also was like, oh, I'll slap the door and they'll let me outside. So it just became a thing where Punk would like jump on the back of the couch and like scratch at the door or whatever. So this one particular night when it's just me and Allie, Aaron's not there for some reason. We, it's like two in the morning and we're like, okay, let's take the dog out one last time and then try to go to bed, you know. And so we take the dog out and when we come back, the door is locked. And we, we didn't bring anything. We don't have phones, we don't have keys, we don't have wallets. Um, so the only thing we can figure is that the cat got on the back of the door, started scratching at the door, and somehow just fucking hit the deadbolt. Which is insane, and it sounds fake. <laughs> but so now, we're locked out of our apartment at 2am on acid. And honestly, in that moment, I forgot that spare keys exist. I forgot that was a thing. So, like, the only thing I was thinking was that, like, if, like, if we have to get a locksmith or if we have to get, like, the apartment, whoever the fuck, to come unlock it, they're gonna open the door and there's a bunch of drug shit on the coffee table right when you walk in. Like, there's a dab ray, there's fucking, there's probably a bong, there's, like, whippets everywhere. So, we're like, okay, so that can't happen, but we need to get in so and like the way we're on the second floor the way it's set up there's like no windows like right there i don't even know if our windows were unlocked but we we couldn't reach any to even check and and i can still remember the feeling i had and ali says she had the same feeling but on acid it really felt like the only option we had was to try and break the door down I really thought that was the only option we had. So, um, Allie's car was unlocked and she had a tire iron and a hammer and then we found a big rock and so at 2am we just started going fucking sicko mode on this door, on like the door handle and the deadbolt. And um, we were like, we'll just call the apartment people and say like we got locked out and there's, there was animals in there and we didn't have anything and so we like panicked and we were unable to break the deadbolt open, which is, which is good considering like no one could have got into us, but so we're like, fuck. Also we had the dog the whole time because <laughs> the dog doesn't understand what's happening. The dog's like, why can't we go inside? Um, so then we just end up sleeping in her car and then we wake up. We have no idea what time it is because we don't have a phone. The car's not on. Can't tell what time it is. And so Allie stays with the dog, like at the apartment at her car. And I walk, it was probably like a half mile. Something like that. It wasn't super far. Um I wouldn't have volunteered to walk it normally. But so I walk to um what's it what's it called? What's it what's an apartment? What's it called? The rental place? The leasing office. I walked to the leasing office, they don't open till, like, 8, and it's 7, and so I remember at first I, like, walked up there, I could see a guy in there, but, like, I didn't want to, I already look like a problem, (laughs) Um, and I remember I sat on the pavement, and I was looking at the asphalt, and I, it was still, like, swirling and shit, and I was like, god damn it. And so I just ended up walking a little bit further to this little restaurant that has. I think I used the bathroom there, and then it has like a uh, like a porch with like rocking chairs. So I sat there for a while, and I could see there was some other like a vet place that had like a big sign that had the time. So then, so I waited there till eight. I think it was like seven something. So I had to wait there for like thirty minutes, and then so I walked back to the place and I like give the lady this whole story about like, it's just me and I'm supposed to be watching my roommate's animals. I stepped outside. The cat locked me out. I didn't have anything. I tried to break down the door. I couldn't. And they were just like, okay, yeah. And they just like, hand me a spare key. And I'm like, holy fuck. Why didn't I think they would give me a spare key? Like I was imagining that they would take me there anyways. So I'm all excited. Cause I'm like, they're not even gonna see it. And so I walk all the way back with the spare key. So fucking hype. Guess what? We didn't break the door down, but we did break the deadbolt enough that a key would not work. So now I walk all the way back and I explain again. And so like the leasing office manager, whoever, like gets me in her car and they make some kind of maintenance guy follow us. And she even tries to use a master key won't work we fucked that door up and so he literally has to kick the door down and i don't think that the guy was paying attention to the coffee table um he was just mainly like damn i just destroyed this fucking door frame (laughs) and so he's like i gotta go to my car to like get this tool or whatever after he kicked it down and so as soon as the doors open i'm like as nonchalantly as i can but obviously it's chalant Um, I just go in and like lay my hoodie (laughs) over the coffee table. It's not even covering everything. And after that guy left to go down to his truck, the leasing office manager was like, you can go ahead and put up that stuff that's under your hoodie. And I was like, what? And she was like, you can go ahead and put that up. Like, I know it's expensive. And I just, I literally just looked at her and I was like, you're so cool. (laughs) And I just like, yeah. And then she started talking about how like, They'll go to, like, do inspections, and people have just, like, smoked a bong or whatever, and they'll be, like, trying to shove it under their couch, and she's like, dude, I'm not here for that. Like, I'm here to make sure you're not, like, destroying my apartment. Like, I'm not the cops. And I was like, "Oh, Thank the fucking lord! But, um, yeah, we fucking fucked that door up, and it, it actually cost us, like, to replace it, I think? It was either $300 or $300 each. I can't remember. Um, But that was the worst. Probably. Um, But then I moved into an apartment by myself and... Or wait, that wasn't even it. I moved into a duplex with Quincy and Steven and... I do remember I had, like, a little breakdown on acid one time. I did acid, smoked weed, and I was doing whippets, and, like, I just, like, I think it's because, okay, here's what's up, is that usually what I'll do is when I do acid, I would, like, watch a movie on the come up. And usually it would be, like, a cartoon, so, like, fun and colorful and, like, so that's, like, good vibes. So I guess I never really thought about that maybe the movie on the come up is setting like kind of the intention but so for some reason when I was by myself I decided to watch Life of Pi (laughs) as the come up movie and Life of Pi if you haven't seen it it's very it's gorgeous it's absolutely gorgeous but it is so sad it is so sad and deep and like existential um so I think that really set the tone and so the next thing you know I'm like Sobbing, but, like, continuing to do whippets. And I remember at one point, like, it was snowing also. And, like, it got to be, like, sunrise. And I went and stood on the porch, like, with no shoes on in the snow. Like, it was hurting. But in my little fucked up monkey brain, I was like, I deserve this pain. That was weird. I didn't do acid for a minute after that. And then I moved into apartment by myself and I like I was still in my like drugs are cool like this is my personality phase and that was I would consider that my like sad acid abuse era um I mean it was definitely being abused before but this was the real sad one (laughs) because I would I was just doing it way too much um like I was doing it way too much and That was when I would start to like get drunk with it. And one time, one time I was on acid and I was drunk and my neighbor downstairs, who that's actually my second episode about how she was fucking psycho and she was annoying. But so she called me and just left a voicemail and it was like, hey, my dog is sick. My internet's not set up in my house. It was like 1130 at night. She's like the internet's not set up in my house and i like i just moved here i don't know where the like animal hospital is and so i'm like sitting upstairs having a crisis because the acid hadn't hit yet but i knew it was about to hit but i was definitely drunk and i can hear the dog throwing up i can hear the dog sick and so i'm like because i'm also because it's like i could go down there and try to explain to her where the animal hospital is but i was also scared she wanted me to come with her and i'm like i don't want to go to the animal hospital on acid <laughs> and i also don't want to be around you and so i'm literally like oh my god if her dog dies it's gonna be my fucking fault like what the fuck do i do and i'm like trying to i'm trying to like because the clock is ta- like ticking down to when like the acid hits but then thank god she fucking called me back and she was like oh never mind like i called 411 411- or information or whoever the fuck. Which I didn't even know they still had that. <gasps> I didn't even know they still had that. And she was like. And I, and I got the address for the thing. And I was like. Oh my thank god. Ooh, on with the trip. <laughs> um, And I also. And this is sad. But I would, would get into a phase where like. Okay so I would get drunk. And I would do acid. And. I would, I had, like, this shitty little handheld, like, video camera. And I would just, like, maybe it was kind of therapeutic in a weird way. I don't know. Looking back, I feel like it's sad. But I would just set it up and I would just talk to it. I would just, like, because I was also during the time where, like, I, I wasn't doing well mentally. I was not doing well mentally. And so I would just set it up and I would just, like, talk. Um... Or I would do my makeup and I would just take a bunch of pictures of myself. And it was um, weird. But I'm here now. I haven't done acid in a long time. I don't know if I would do... Oh, that's not true. Okay. The last time I did acid was... Not... What did I do for my birthday last year? I don't feel like it was last year. I feel like it was the year before that. But I cannot remember what I did for my birthday this past year. I feel like it was two years ago. But Allie Everett and Soul came to visit me for my birthday. Which was really fun. And I had like, it was literally the last... Acid that I had and I was planning on doing it for my birthday and so now there's four people and so I was like I had two tabs and so I was like, oh if we could all take a half and Honestly, we either should have done less than a half or we should have done none because it was like we all felt it it was like a little too intense to be comfortable and It fucked our stomachs up But we ended up it ended up being fun. We ended up watching Somehow we ended up watching so much, like, Cody and Noel. I think we watched all of them playing the Love Island game. And we were laughing so fucking hard. But, yeah, it was just, like, a little too intense to be comfy. Um, and it wasn't worth it. But I still had fun with my friends. And so I haven't done it in a long time. But, um, yeah, so I won't, so I won't be celebrating this bicycle day. But hopefully some people are safely comfortably um, don't do acid unless you're in a comfortable place. first of all, test your drugs. I never did, but you should test your fucking drugs um, they're they're not too expensive on Amazon. I would now if I was doing drugs like that now, I would test them I, I hope but don't do it unless you're in like a comfortable place with people that you know and trust and feel comfortable because the acid will bring out your paranormal paranormal your paranoia and anxiety and i think i talked about this in a Jackass um episode but there was this dude that jackson and i used to work with i actually i was around that motherfucker way too much i actually could do a whole fucking episode on him but he was kind of a crazy person uh, and I worked two different jobs and was in an acapella group with him. This motherfucker haunted my life for years and I let it happen. But so he, I guess he was just like really wanted to try acid. He had never done acid. And so there was a girl that we worked with. They're work friends. He does. He's never hung. He's never hung out with her. Just them never ever never been to her house. I don't even know if she, he had met her boyfriend. But so she's like, yeah, I have acid. He really wants to do it. So for his first time doing acid, he goes to her house where he's never been to, where her boyfriend is there who's not on acid, who he's never really met or hung out with. And then with her that he's never really hung out with. And he became convinced that the boyfriend was like, gonna try to kill them and at one point he said that he was standing outside on the porch and he was like fucking shaking like smoking a cigarette and he was so scared that the guy was like gonna come out the door that he like he was literally like if he comes out the door i'm gonna jump off of this porch to get away from him um yeah that's don't do that don't don't fucking do that you know If you really want to do the drug. But the stars are not aligning. Take that as a fucking message. From the goddamn universe. Not right now. But um. Anyways. Shout out Albert Hoffman. For creating LSD. Um. And happy Bicycle Day. To you and yours. If you watched this far. Thank you so much. If you didn't watch it. Fuck you. My name is Ash. This is no eye contact. I don't think I said it was no eye contact in the beginning. Hopefully, you know, it's no eye contact, but, um, yeah, let's, uh, sorry. I took a break for a week, but hopefully we're getting back into it. Next week should be Taurus, should be about the sign Taurus because it's Taurus season, baby. Well, not yet, but it's about to be. So, uh, yeah. Bye. Hope you have a great week. See ya.